British Columbia passed 3,000 cases of the novel coronavirus here just yesterday. A bit of a grim milestone when just looking at the sheer numbers. Let's bring in now BC's Minister of Health, Adrian Dix. Minister Dix, thanks as always for taking the time. Great to be on with you. Hey, always appreciate having you. So uh, I'll just start by, you know, getting you to examine that number here for me. So we hit 3,000 cases of COVID-19 as as we go through the entire pandemic, just looking at how many cases have, have been confirmed here in the province. I mean, um, you know, hitting 3,000 doesn't sound awesome, but it took us quite a while to get here. And I was, you know, initially, I guess, probably thinking we might get here a little bit quicker than we than we ended up doing. So I'll just get you to analyze the fact that we hit 3,000 and, and obviously disappointing to hit the number but pretty happy with the way that the province has handled this and that it took as long as it did to get to this uh, 3,000 number? Well, I think relative to other jurisdictions, and given the fact that we're so close to Washington State where there's been a very, very significant outbreak, um, where they've done 3,000 in the past week, not since the beginning of the pandemic, um, new cases, uh, it's obviously a good result relative to that. But people have really suffered as, uh, as well, and we just have to all reflect on that right now. 186 people have died, many of them, uh, as we know, in long-term care, where people are especially vulnerable to COVID-19. And uh, the disruption to the economic life of the province, the disruption to other health procedures that I deal with has been significant. So. Uh, I think uh, I think BC has a lot to be proud of. The fact that people, everybody uh, in communities from Kamloops to everywhere else has responded so well is something we can be proud of, but we're still in the middle of this. Um, we had 18 new cases yesterday, which is um, a significant, you know, remains a significant number of cases. Uh, the majority of those cases are people living in Fraser Health, but they can some of them are working in Vancouver Coastal Health. And so uh, the the pandemic continues and there's still no cure and there's still no vaccine. So um, what we're doing now is pretty uh, intensely preparing for, uh, for the fall and potentially the next stage of the pandemic. So uh, I guess where or what, what sort of steps are you talking about when you're saying you're preparing for the fall and a potential second wave? Obviously, we're seeing continual increases to the stockpile of PPE. Uh, what other steps are ongoing right now to kind of prepare for that second wave if and when it does come? Well, um, uh, PPE is obviously a key aspect of that of all our response, both in the in the system of care and then in the acute care system as well that we have in the province. I think uh, we need to um, continue to uh, recruit more staff and use those people who re-registered doctors and nurses on some existing healthcare programs. We have, for example, immunization programs uh, for um, for diseases such as measles that we have to. Uh, we have to move on and we have to continue to move on over a period of time other health issues emerge we have to prepare our hospital system in the uh, in the spring we we talked and we saw 20 covid-19 systems centers i should say hospitals who became covid-19 centers and we probably in the fall we need to reflect on what the learnings are and we probably want to have a smaller number of those so we can continue to pursue even if we see some increase in covid-19 continue to pursue uh, surgical procedures and not have to shut them down in in their entirety. I think we have to prepare for influenza season because what's going to happen as we get into the fall is more people are going to have the symptoms of, uh, of COVID-19, which are certainly initially very similar to the uh, symptoms of influenza or the symptoms of a cold. So there's going to be more of that. 
uh, and we're going to be dealing with COVID-19 potentially in those circumstances. So that means, I think, uh, a much more vigorous influenza uh, vaccine campaign uh, and uh, hopefully many, many more people uh, getting immunized so that we reduce uh, to the maximum extent possible influenza. And, and we have to take all of our learnings, our learnings in long-term care, our learnings in assisted living, our learnings around the province, our learnings in First Nations communities that have come from this stage and we got to be better. And uh, that means, you know, increasing our capacity to test and increasing our capacity to contact trace. And, and just getting back to, to testing, you just brought it up there. Um, you know, when we look at a second wave and you look at, uh, you know, you were talking about how uh, when influenza season does come, there's a lot of crossover symptoms between COVID-19 and the, the flu. Um, what is there a target that you would have in mind for how many tests you're hoping to be able to accommodate in a day? I believe right now BC is to be able to do somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,700 tests per day. Is that enough or do you want to see that moved up even further? Well, you know, I think we need to do the number of tests that's directed and dictated by public health and by how sick people are, right? But um, uh, 7,700 is our capacity right now. Yesterday, I believe we did 2,200 tests, of which 18 uh, were positive tests, which is under 1%. Um, uh, but we want to have the capacity, I think, um, to do upwards to 20,000 tests in a day. Um, uh, and we have that capacity. That doesn't mean we're going to do 20,000 tests right. in a day, but we need to have the capacity to do that um, should things get significantly uh, significantly worse. So part of the preparation is increasing your capacity, to that, which we've done consistently, the capacity to do testing and also our capacity to do contact tracing. Because the key element now and the key is to find cases and then act on those cases. And that is from February, that ability to contact trace and to test was a key element to reducing the initial um, upswing of COVID-19 in BC, and it really helped us. I mean, by the time they started taking actions like we did in Washington State, they already had um, widespread spread. And, you know, this is not to criticize anyone. That's just what happened. And so once there's widespread spread, uh, spread of, the, of COVID-19, um, you're really managing it at that point. You're not stopping it. You're managing it. Mm -hmm. And we've got to continue to try to the extent that we can and in the most humble way we can because this virus is making us all humble uh, every day uh, to try and keep control of it. Uh, here with BC's Minister of Health, Adrian Dix. Adrian, I did want to ask just how you're feeling about the preparation that you've put in place so far to deal with a second wave if and when it does come. Just talking about, you know, we have the stockpile of PPE, as you mentioned, looking to ramp up the ability to test uh, the single site plan that's been put in place for care homes and how that could potentially have a really positive impact if something does come along. I mean, are you just feeling a lot more confident that if, you know, we do see a, a significant rise in cases for whatever reason uh, in the future, BC is in a really good place to handle it compared to where we were in March? Well, I think we're in a better place to handle it, and I think one of the strengths, and this is one of the, one of the many reasons I admire Dr. Henry and our Deputy Minister Steve Brown, is we haven't got it right every time. You know, you never do. This is new and it's unprecedented in our lifetimes, but where we've needed to change, we've changed. And where we've needed to learn, we've learned. And when, for example, the situation in Quebec, people returning from spring break was reported to us, we moved and we moved quickly to, to intervene to stop, essentially stop people from going away for spring break, which is 
one of the one of the many examples of of what's happened. So we've got to continue to be able to do that. So I think our preparations are good, but this continues to be, and we've seen this in the United States in recent weeks, but we've seen it in other jurisdictions as well, where this is uh, just wave upon wave. Like there's, this, they're still in the first wave in the United States, but we're really seeing, if you will, a, a, a renewed peak. Uh, it seemed to peak in, in April, May, and now it's peaking again. So, uh, you know, sometimes we look at these things and saying, well, the second wave and it'll come in the fall. But the American example, the Washington State example, is basically one wave after another, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we have to be vigilant and we have to learn from that and we have to always, always be modest about our ability to address this, always understand we're in a pandemic and always understand that we need people to really um, follow the message of physical distancing and stay home when they're sick. Uh, if that doesn't happen, all the things you can do in public health uh, will matter less, let's put it that way. Um, I did want to ask you, too, while I have you, just about visits to those in long-term and assisted care. Uh, last week, Bonnie Henry announced that that was going to start to be allowed. Um, have you heard of any issues or concerns or hiccups so far? I know we're pretty early in, in the game when it comes to be starting to allow those visits again, but um, you know, have you heard any issues so far? Oh, I think for a lot of families. I mean, we're, what we're doing is limiting it to one uh, designated visitor per person, and obviously people um, would like that to be more. Um, just to put that in context, Jeff, you think about it, there are 30,000 people in long-term care in BC, roughly. That's 30,000 more people in long-term care homes, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in a, in a time when we have a pandemic, after all. And so we have to be very, very, very uh, prudent about that in order to ensure that we allow visits, but also that the virus stay under control. So all of the care homes in BC, and they're getting support from us, are um, are moving to develop their plans to do that. And uh, we're uh, trying to support that as much as possible. I think some are ready, and others are going to be ready early next week. So I think um, on the family side, people are just anxious to see it happen. And on our side, we want to do what we've been doing, which is just be methodical and to get it done right so that uh, family members and others uh, and residents of long-term care aren't at risk. And last question here, and then I'll let you go because I'm sure we're running up on the clock here, Adrian. But uh, just I was at a few places here in town in Kamloops recently, uh, just going out for a drink or whatever, and I'm not seeing servers or bartenders wearing PPE like they were even just a, a week ago or 10 days ago. Is there any concern about, uh, you know, maybe the, the rules relaxing a little bit? I'm sure it's a lot different in Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal, but here in Interior, it feels like there's less people wearing, uh, you know, masks while they're serving. Is there any concern from provincial? health officials when it comes to this now? Well, uh, there's uh, there's specific orders for for restaurants and um, and it's important orders around physical distancing, about barriers, about the number of people in restaurants, which reduces the risk, about uh, having names of people who come in. All of those orders need to be in place. I think it's understandable over time that people are a bit tired of the restrictions, right? And mm-hmm. we all have that possibility of becoming lazy. And I just say that with totally without judgment. You know, I mean, it's true for all of us. All of us are, you know, a bit tired. We did our first briefing. I don't know when we had our first conversation with the chef in January. So it's been, it's, it's, it's six months now um, that we've been dealing with COVID-19. And so I understand people are tired, but we just have to, we've got to, try and institute an idea that this is a new normal. And I think for the most part, 
especially in the restaurant, the bar industry, people are doing that because they understand what's at stake. And again, a lot of this is an issue of confidence, um, I would argue, uh, Jeff, that it's not just a question of following the rules. That if, if for the restaurant and the bar sector, for example, uh, I think a lot of people are still not going back, right? And so following the rules is important for them as it builds confidence um, that that's a safe thing to do as well as an enjoyable thing to do. So um, that's what we need to see happen. And uh, overall, I'm pretty pleased about it. But, you know, obviously, um, obviously uh, there's always work to be done. Well, Minister, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Hey, I so appreciate it, Jeff, and take care. I'll talk to you next week. All right, there you go. There's BC's Minister of Health, Adrian Dix.